Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, this is usually where we go Mailbag Friday, but we've decided to move that now to Mailbag Monday. So this is Preview Friday that we're going to do today. Kentucky, Missouri at Kroger Field tomorrow night under the lights. An environment, Derek, that I think is going to be just off the charts. Something that we haven't seen probably, what, since maybe the Tennessee game, Lynn Bowden's year in 2019. I don't think they've had a really good crowd since then due to the pandemic. It, pretty exciting night at Kroger Field coming. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, if the fans take uh, uh, care as much as, as what the team seems to, then it should be great. I mean, I, I, this is about as locked in for a game as I can remember um, here recently. I mean, certainly last year was odd. And then going back to 2019, probably probably Florida. But even that Florida week had some weird stuff because Terry Wilson got hurt the week before. They found out that week he was out for the season. So there was a little bit of wait and see that game just because he didn't really know what to expect with Sawyer Smith. Whereas this game, I think – Sean, can you remember uh, – maybe some of those Florida games in the past, but with the streak and stuff, it was so hard to maybe talk about anything but the streak. This revenge factor is as strong as any game I can remember, honestly, yeah. with uh, with what they've <laughs> said this week. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything. I mean, it's – I mean, this is a huge game. An, an opponent that you really – you never really saw revenge coming into play uh, with Missouri, but it's certainly anything that Kentucky can use to their advantage. We know that Mark Stoops has played the chip on their shoulder mentality ever since he's been in Lexington. And the better this program gets, it's harder to find that chip. But if you could find that and ignite this team in their first SEC game of the season, Derek, the one that to me is the most pivotal game on their schedule. If you lose it, you and not I don't want to sit here and say that if they lose it, that you can't afford to lose another one, but you really can't. When they're talking, Kentucky fans are wanting this team to not win eight games. They're wanting them to win nine. They're wanting them to win ten. Their fans talking ten and two now. I mean, I talked to somebody yesterday who's one of the biggest critics of Kentucky football ever, and he literally standing beside me and he's talking. He said, "I think the Cats can win ten. And if that guy's saying it, I know everybody else is saying it. So th this is a game that swings it one way or the other. I think it's a status game for sure. Um, you got South Carolina, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, all under first-year head coaches, and we'll see what happens with those guys. Um, but you, you still feel like you're certainly below Georgia and Florida. So that leaves Kentucky and Missouri. And Missouri, I wouldn't say snuck up on them last year, but Drinkwitz, you know, first-year head coach beat, beat Mark Stoops in his eighth year. You know, I mean, that's a first-year guy, and that was a serious Kentucky has done well in. And if you look at Missouri's recruiting class, I mean, they've got a top 25 class set to come in next year. They're doing a very good job. I think they're kind of the team that we've talked a little bit in the past, you know, maybe how South Carolina was there for a little while where, you know, Kentucky felt like they really needed to win that every year. And they, for the most part, they have under Stoops. Um, whereas Missouri is such an interesting program just because when they came to the SEC, they won the East the first two years. You know, they've done things that Kentucky's never done. At the same time, though, they don't – these days you don't really consider them, you know, as much of a threat to actually win the division. But that's what they're trying to work back to. And I think that was kind of the message from Eric Blom, who came on the show on, on uh, Wednesday. Uh, it, was, it was basically, you know, like this is a statement game for Missouri in the sense that they've not – I think I just read where they haven't won as an SEC underdog since 2018. 
So that was obviously Barry Odom's um, next to last season, the year that Drew Locke was there. So, I mean, I guess that win was against Florida, too. They crushed Florida the week after they lost to Kentucky. Um, but, yeah, Sean, this is uh, this is huge. I mean, it really is. I'm glad this that they can get a game early in the season like this. It's so important to people yeah. um, because it will shape, the, you know, the next few weeks for – it's it's a tone setter to me. Yeah. It's it's not Florida a couple of years ago when they ended the streak, which is crazy to think that that's been three years ago. Just a couple of days ago it was a three year anniversary. It's it's not of that magnitude, but you remember how big that early season win was. That it just carried momentum through Mississippi State, through South Carolina, into the middle third of that schedule. I think a win this Saturday. It's it's not on the same spectrum as ending a losing streak of thirty plus years. But it's enough that given a year like Kentucky had last year with no fans in the stands, everybody fired back up to be back to be back out there. I think that this win, just in terms of general excitement around the program, can elevate it back to kind of what it was in 2018 with fan excitement. And then you got two winnable games coming up after that, and you could realistically be 4-0 in your season, entering the toughest part of your schedule with two massive matchups back-to-back at Kroger Field, Derek, that we know the fans are already going to be excited about anyhow. I just think that this is the one that kind of dictates the pulse of the fan base moving forward. Kentucky football will have that loss that just, you know, everybody's all high and all energetic and then, ooh, just down to earth or, you know, just crashing back down. This is the one that just gets the blood flowing all the way through September and into October. And I just think it's huge for the program. And you see it in recruiting. It's a big recruiting weekend. And stuff too for Kentucky. I mean, a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of eyes on this program, Derek. Yeah, I think you summed that up really well. Uh, I agree with everything you said. I think um, I'm not trying to put it bluntly. If Kentucky is what it thinks it can be, like you win this game and you don't lose to a team. And I, quite frankly, the more I've looked at this, the, the better I felt as the week's gone on for Kentucky in this matchup. Um, that doesn't even have a ton to do with kind of how Missouri was last week. I mean, yeah, they didn't look great. And uh, I feel like there's, I'm not going to say narrative has been pushed because it, it's partially true. I mean, it, it is true. Central Michigan, I don't think anyone would argue, <laughs> is better than Louisiana Monroe. I think perhaps a little bit on that side, it's been used to downplay Kentucky's performance a little bit. And maybe maybe it'll turn out that it was fool's gold. Maybe, maybe it'll turn out that ULM really was just that bad and Kentucky looked that good because of that. Me, personally, I don't think so. Um, did, did the opponent have stuff to do with it? For sure. Like, whenever Will Levis drops back to throw tomorrow, he's not going to have probably as clean of a pocket as he had last Saturday. He's, you know, Josh Ali is probably going to have someone within 10 yards of him. You know, there were two or three <laughs> catches last week where no one was near him. So, like, yeah, that, that aspect will definitely be different this week. But – I truly do think that up front, Kentucky's better on both sides. Um, you know, it was interesting to me, Drinkwitz was talking about how it's a line of scrimmage game and trying to grind out some yards. Well, Tyler Beatty, for as good of a player as he is, he's not Larry Roundtree, who last year had a ton of carries. And UK actually did a decent job last year against him. Um, but Beatty is not really the kind of ground that, uh, grinded out running back. So, um explosive plays are definitely there for Missouri um but Kentucky I would say historically under Brad White has done a pretty good job not giving up huge plays and I mean it's a new season we'll see how it goes but you would think with the veteran defense you would feel even better 
honestly, about um, not giving up big plays. So some things to clean up. I mean, Kentucky's going to be challenged, obviously, I would say defensively, certainly far more. Like ULM just didn't really have much to to really threaten them. And, of course, Connor Bazelak, I think, is a good quarterback for sure. Last year he did a really good job taking care of the ball, didn't force anything. I took what was there. And, um, you know, I think Kentucky's offense helped Missouri tremendously last year. And, again, like to me there's a fine line, Sean, between – I'll give Missouri credit. There's, there's no doubt that they were more physical last year. No one can argue that they weren't at the same time. And again, I'm not seeing people like pounding this narrative home or anything, but like, I still think last year's game was, was the most unusual I've ever seen watching Kentucky football. I mean, well, Missouri knows it can't bank on UK just what throwing for 50 yards this year and only having 36 plays. Like it's going to be a much different game this season as a, compared to last year. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't want to take anything away from what Missouri did last year. But, Derek, I feel like that game had more to do with Kentucky than it did with what Missouri did, honestly. I mean, they were more physical. They punched Kentucky in the mouth. But Kentucky couldn't even complete pass hardly. That yeah, that just and, – and they still had a chance to win the game. Out of all the stuff that went on that game, they still had opportunities to win it. They lost 20 to 10. It's not like Missouri just blew them off the field there. So – I think, and I went on SEC Mike's podcast the other day on that SEC podcast, one of the top podcasts in the SEC, and I don't even know what led to my prediction. <laughs> like, I didn't even, I hadn't even talked to you about it or anything about what my score was going to be. But he asked me a really good question. I don't know if you listened to that interview or not, but he said he he asked me to pick who, what's the what's the higher number, Chris Rodriguez carries or Will Levis total pass attempts. Like, what do you think? Is Chris Rodriguez the reason they win this game, Derek? Or is it Will Levis? Like, which one do you think kind of swings? And I went with Rodriguez because from what I saw from Central Michigan and the way that they were able to run on Missouri last week, I think Liam Cohen's going to make sure that Rodriguez gets the football. So I went with C-Rod. That's really interesting. Uh because Levis threw 26 passes last week, right? I think yeah. that's what he threw. Of course, he was out of the game early in the fourth. Um, and Rodriguez, not – I mean, last week, obviously, they weren't going to run him into the ground against a team like ULM. They just wanted to get him over 100 yards, basically. I think he had about 20 – or 19 carries. Hmm. I'd say Rodriguez is going to get the ball at least 25 times this week. I think so. Uh, so I, I, I don't know that Levis – I, don't, I think it'll be close. I really do. Yeah. I think I don't think there'll be a big differential. I don't think this is going to be a game where Levis attempts 14 passes. You know, like I think they're going to throw it. So it's a good question for Mike, though. I, I, it's one that made me think. Um, I did pick Rodriguez on our Cat's Paws predictions to be my game MVP. I think uh, – and maybe people will get nervous if, if it doesn't – if the run game doesn't look a little bit better this week. But just from talking to Cohen, from talking to Rodriguez – with how hard that it seems like that zone uh, outside zone is to kind of simulate and practice. I'm not that surprised that it was a little clunky maybe at times. And there were some yards left out there. Uh, if they take a big jump from week one to week two, then I, I could see the offensive run game flowing much better this week. Cause I, I think there were holes out there. I think there were yards to be had uh, just first game in a new system. And again, maybe this takes until around the Florida game for you to for you to see UK's running game uh, really start to click. But um, I'm now thinking there's film, like, there's film yeah. now that they can look at. 
but they can, yeah, he can see where he missed it. And likewise for, for opposing defenses too. I mean, they get to see that and things like that. I'm going to say Rodriguez is around 25 carries, 150 yards, two touchdowns. That would be my guess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I guess that that moves us into prediction time since we're starting to predict. Uh, do you want to start with Kentucky, Mizzou, or do you want to leave that as the last one? Uh, we'll go and let people hear it now, and then they, if they don't want to listen to us no more, they can click <laughs> off. But I know our loyal fan base, they're going to keep listening. So uh, <laughs> they, They'll listen all the way through that that last yeah. uh, sound of the, the closing music probably. But I'm going to go, Derek, I, I said this the other day on Mike's show. Kentucky by 14 is what I'm going to go with. That's what I picked. But it honestly wouldn't shock me if they win it by 17, 18. I, I just think that Kentucky's going to – I think Kentucky's going to be so motivated that they're going to come out and play one of the better games that we've seen under Mark Stoops in an SEC game at Kroger Field. I think it's going to be exciting. I think Levis is going to throw the ball. I think Rodriguez is going to run the ball. But Rodriguez is by MVP. I think he gets two, two to three touchdowns on the ground. I picked 31-17, and I was going to pick 31-21, but it's already taken in our predictions. So, I'll just stick with 31-17. And um, I don't know. Like I said, I just I, I felt I felt good about this game for UK. I think, like I said, I, I probably have more respect, honestly, now for Missouri than I did here recently. I really do think that, that Drinkwitz is going to do a pretty good job there. Um, but I do, I like UK for a lot of the reasons that you said, again, to me, Sean, like if Levis comes out and they do what they did last week or look even better, like, I think this thing's going to like go to a fever pitch. Honestly, I think people will be wildly optimistic for what this season could be me personally. I'm expect, I'm not expecting a bad game from Levis. I'm expecting, you'll see more periods maybe where he, you know, struggles a little bit, but I still think with the offensive tools that they have and the people at their disposal, I think they're still good for three or four big plays in the passing game in this game. And that will open things up tremendously. So I like UK's uh, skill players. I like Rodriguez. I like the offensive line. I just, I have a hard time seeing UK not win this game, honestly. And maybe it won't be as by as much as I predict, but I think they're going to find a way to get out of there with the win and, for for now, keep the idea of a magical season going. And I'll go 38-24 as my final score. Uh, and then moving through, we're going to make our picks for the week. Let's start with Oregon, Ohio State, Derek. I'm going to go Ohio State, 14-and-a-half-point well, favorite. 
Yeah, I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm going to say they cover. Ooh. I think a big win for the Buckeyes. Yeah, and I, I think we'll probably next week go back and look at our records and stuff throughout the season. I need to be uh, Didn't go back last week. I know I missed a few for sure. <laughs> yeah. Next Definitely one, missed my LSU pick. <laughs> next one is probably, I think, it, an even bigger game, honestly, is number 10 Iowa, number nine Iowa State. So top 10 matchup, a rivalry matchup this early in the season. Iowa State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, but I'm going the Hawkeyes. I'm going Iowa. Yeah, so Iowa's on a five-game win streak in this series, and that kind of coincides with how, you know, Iowa State's been pretty good the last few years. And they didn't play last season, doesn't look like. Um, but it's been a, a couple couple really close games. 2017, it was 44-41 Iowa. 2019, it was a one-point win for Iowa. I'm going to go Iowa State. And then, Cyclones. and then we'll go to number 15, Texas versus Arkansas. Texas is a seven-point favorite. I've, I looked at this one on a, on a parlay the other day, and I was like, which way do I want to go? I'm going to go the upset, though. I'm going to say Sam Pittman and Arkansas get the job done, Derek. No, I'm going to go Texas. There we go. That would be a huge win, though, for uh, Pittman. It would be. And then I guess we'll move over to the SEC now because there's not many top 25 matchups for the week. But one here in the SEC that, you know, Vol Nation's either going to melt down or be celebrating after this one because it's at Neyland Stadium. Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a three-point favorite. I think Pitt wins. It's a good game at the noon slot for if you have any interest. Um Hmm. Tennessee didn't get a couple extra days to prepare because they played on a Thursday night to open the season. Close game. I'm going to say Pitt in a close one. Ooh. I'm going to say Pitt. It wins it 24 to 21. Push on the spread. Stay away from this game if you're betting. Another close spread right here. Just, I mean, might even be a pick by the time we get to kickoff is NC State, Mississippi State. NC State's a one-point favorite. What do you think? Does uh, does Mississippi State look better than they did last week, or does the ACC get a win in this one, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is one that, you know, Kentucky fans probably have their eye on too because after the way Mississippi State played last week, Kentucky fans are probably thinking that's a definite win, but – I'm going to say Mississippi State gets this one. So, NC State, I know South Florida appears to be quite bad. Um, but NC State opened their season with a 45-0 win. So, maybe Vegas just definitely views that, you know, USF to be that bad. But this feels like, to me, after last week, like, I think I got to go NC State. USF, and you're looking at talking about USF. Florida's a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, big underdog. So, yeah, that, that's very possible that Vegas views them pretty bad. And then I'm looking here to see if there's any more games that are notable. I'm, I mean, Vandy, Colorado State, it's a touchdown line. Colorado State's a seven-point favorite. I'd pick Did Colorado State. I see, State. right, that uh, Colorado State got blown out last week by uh, F, uh, FCS school <laughs> and their seven-point favorites over Vanderbilt. <laughs> I think they did. Let me go look at that. And I'm picking Colorado State. That's how bad I think Vanderbilt actually is. They did. Colorado State took a 19-point home loss 
to a uh, to South Dakota State. And, yes, they are favored by seven points. And, of course, I mean, I, I laugh at them, but Vanderbilt lost even worse to an FCS team at home. So, uh, Randy Sanders. This is not a great matchup at 10 p.m. I'm sure CBS Sports Network was hoping for better whenever they got this game. Um, who'd you take? I went Colorado State. Like yeah, me too. <laughs> I've, I've been to Vandy and I've seen Vandy. Like, I just don't think that – no. I, well, did you see with Vanderbilt that the – of course, as we all know, you know, Clark Lee is in his first year. So, like, the whole staff is new. The guy who he hired to be offensive coordinator already got demoted. So, he like, wasn't even calling plays uh, the first game. They've already, like, had a change before the season even started. So, um, already sounds like a bit of a mess, I would say, if you're the guy you hired months ago to call plays is, is not calling plays. Probably not a great start to uh, the Clark Lee era. How did we leave this game out? Washington at Michigan. Like, how did we not pick that one? Well, Washington also lost on FCS school last week. Yeah. So Michigan's a seven-point favorite. I'll take Michigan. All the Michigan's best wide receivers out for the season now. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take Michigan. So, that, that looks like it wraps up the picks. I don't think there's anything else, anything in the Pac-12. I'm just going by conference here on ESPN. I don't see – No love for South Carolina ECU. Don't want to – it's a close line. Oh, yeah, that's a close line. Let's go there. I think it's an upset. I'll go ECU. ECU opened the season with a loss to Appalachian State, which is not a bad thing, girl. That's a good program. They play, Mi- they play Miami this week, don't they? App State. Oh, do they? Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, I believe they play Miami. Is I think Luke Doty might be back this week, the starting quarterback. I'm going to check that out. They do play Miami. Miami's a nine-point favorite in that one. So that's Yeah, it sounds like if Doty does come back, he'll still be limited. Um, The game is at – ECU. Yeah, I'll go ECU. There we go. Getting quite a few uh, SEC teams to lose this week. Yeah, and most of those teams are on Kentucky's schedule. So yes. <laughs> this uh, that's why th- this that makes Saturday night so big for Kentucky. Kentucky Mizzou, massive matchup at Kroger Field. Kickoff at seven thirty Eastern time on the SEC Network. The first Saturday in the SEC under the lights at Kroger Field, Derek, we know the way Kentucky schedules with TV and SEC. There's probably not going to be the last under the lights game at Kroger Field or somewhere else. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. And then uh, you're going to have an episode Saturday morning to listen to. So if you're listening to this, you're going to have a basketball schedule episode to get you through the day on Saturday to lead you up to kickoff between Kentucky and Missouri. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.